welcome your report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. It is a Wednesday, third day of the week, getting you through this entire week so you can get closer to that weekend. We got another fun show in store for you. My name is Matt Matera. Joining with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, we got a different topic today. Again, we're hitting that summertime period of Got a little downtime for the Bucks players in between minicamp and when training camp gets going. And we talked a lot yesterday about the greatest Bucks of all time, the Bucks Mount Rushmore. If you haven't watched that episode yet, please go back to our YouTube, subscribe, like, and make sure you check out that episode. But there was two players on that list that are currently on the roster with Tom Brady and Mike Evans. And we're going to talk about those players a little bit more as we discuss the entire Bucks offense and where their skill players rank among the tops of the NFL. We know Mike Evans is great. How great is he? Is he top five? Is he top three? We'll get into that discussion and more. But Scott, how you doing today? Bolts play later tonight. Game one of the Stanley yes, Cup. So it's exciting. It is exciting. I've got my lucky Tampa Bay Lightning shirt on. Go Bolts. This has been the lucky shirt that has helped power this team throughout the playoffs and get to where they are. So Stamkos did his part. Uh, Braden Point going to be back on the ice tonight. I'm going to do my part wearing the shirt, so uh, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for a little avalanche to come crashing down the mountain tonight out there in Denver. So uh, should be pretty fun. Uh, and and you know what? I I think this show is going to be fun too, Matt. I I think that yesterday's show was was epic. I think today's show is going to be monumental. I think this is probably going to be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done today. Just it feels like like that's what's coming today. I, I think you're right. You know, there's just something in the air tonight that you feel or yeah. this afternoon that you feel, you know, we take it day by day, step by step, try to get better each day. But when you're getting better each day, that means the next episode is going to be the that's best right. one yet. So <laughs> got a lot of exciting stuff to get into. There was a little bit of... I don't even want to say it's new news with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we did hear from Tom Brady again today. He appeared yeah. on the Dan Patrick show. I love Dan Patrick. I think they yes. put on one of the greatest shows ever, Dan and the Danettes. I think Dan does a really great job of asking questions that you're not going to hear all the time. or just He gets the most out of the athletes, and maybe it's because yeah. he's been a public figure for so long and he's got a very successful radio show but there's something about when dan interviews anyone really but in particular the greats yeah. um usually get some good stuff from it brady is making the rounds with some interviews as i well. don't know that was the case today though i thought well, dan's questions were really good especially because this this was really like a promotional appearance this was to yes. promote the hertz that's brand. so so that's the point commercials. i wanted to make is yeah, yeah. yeah brady was there to promote hertz he might have seen a couple of the commercials where he does the they're good commercials accident. they're funny they're entertaining yes. you know they're quite comical so because of that brady only had 10 minutes they got him for 12 minutes and so there's only so many things you can ask him in that time and a lot of it what you know dan patrick started asking him about his baseball career he got drafted by the montreal expos back in the day so the point i'm trying to make is there weren't too many bucks centric questions it was a lot of like oh remember right. malcolm butler the interception yeah you know that was great who are yeah. some of your favorite teammates and he um you know who are your favorite teammates from the patriots i think there was one piece of information that we could take away from that interview and i, I think it stems more from what we didn't get at minicamp the week before so obviously we spoke to tom brady yeah on the last day of bucks minicamp Ton of questions, you know, the whole Dolphins thing, his right. relationship. And, with and that was his first question and answer session with the Tampa media mm -hmm. since he really since that that loss to the Rams. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And he you know, he made a little joke about that, like, yeah, that they sucked or, yeah. you know, whatever he said <laughs> with that. But the first question when Tom Brady was at the the podium after Bucks minicamp, he was asked about if there was a moment when, you know, when it hit him that he wanted to come out of retirement. Yeah. And Brady didn't answer it. He essentially was like, you know, the past is in the past. I'm focused on right now, focused on the present and this team. I think we're going to have a great year, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. goes on for 10 minutes about that. However, speaking with Dan Patrick today, this morning, the interview was recorded the day before, but they aired it today. Yeah. Um, he did ask him. He, he said, you know, how did you go about telling Giselle about, you know, wanting to come back? And Brady was a little more open, I would say, yeah. than he was when talking to the Tampa media. 
There's yeah, a story said, on it. Peter, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think I'm a part crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. He said, I, I think I'm part crazy. I mean, I think that's the reality. I'm 45 years old and I'm out here with a lot of young guys that are trying to take my head off. And I see Aaron Donald working out on my Instagram. And I'm like, damn, maybe I should have retired because he's a beast. But, you know, I had the appetite to compete and it's going to be gone soon. There's no doubt about it. I've got to really just appreciate the time I have left because it's not a lot. Now, is that the most earth-shattering answer that, you know, we've ever seen? No, but the I think I'm part crazy. It's funny because we always wonder with, you know, the greats, and I'm putting the link uh, in the chat right now, so if you yeah. haven't read the story on PeterReport.com, you can go read it now. With some of the greatest players of all time, whether it's Tom Brady or, you know, Michael Jordan in basketball, it's like what separates the greatest of all time from just, you know, the all-stars? Is it like a work ethic? Is it just the will to win, the, the, the drive that some people have that yeah. others don't. And when you just say, yeah, you know, I think I'm just crazy. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know? So yeah, well, yeah. And, right, like that. and and if you, if you look at the word like maniac, right, uh, it, it describes someone who has a mania, right? And, 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 and I, I think that, that Brady is, he, he's maniacal, not like in a diabolical way, Right. But maniacal in terms of, of of he he's a fanatic, right? He is crazy about the sport of football. He he's already, you know, he, he's already like inked a deal to, to you know to be on the Fox broadcast on their yeah. their A team calling games as a color analyst, and he's going to attack that. And he even said, "I'm not going to be the best guy out of the gate. I'm going to make some mistakes and 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 all that, but I am." going to work at my craft. And so th this is a guy that, I mean, he loves Giselle. I don't know if Giselle is the wife and football's the mistress or because football came first, if football's the wife and Giselle is the mistress. I don't know in Tom's mind, maybe it's a seasonal thing, right? Maybe it's during yeah. football season, <laughs> Giselle's the mistress and football is the wife. Or in the off season, if Giselle becomes the wife and football's the mistress, because you have a couple of OTAs here and there, but um, but it's it's a love affair that Tom Brady has with the game, right? You you yeah. don't keep playing this game and keep getting better and having that mania to retire and then unretire and say, no, I'm not done. You know, it, it's almost like if you've seen, I mean, and who hasn't, right? A Christmas story, right? With Ralphie, when uh, you know when when Santa Claus says, you know, what would you like? What would you like? A, a football? How about a football? You know, <laughs> and and you know, little Ralphie's sitting there just like, uh, you know, in a daze, uh, looking at Santa Claus, right? And then he sends him, you know, down the uh, uh, down the slide, and and all of a sudden, you know, Ralphie like holds onto the side and then turns yeah, yeah. back up and says, no, 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 I want a red rider carbon action, you know, maybe got. <laughs> And shoot your eye out. Exactly. Yeah. I'll shoot your eye out. But but that's probably what Tom Brady was thinking when he retired. He probably had that Ralphie moment and said, No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not yet, not yet, you know. Yeah, you don't know what you got until it's gone. It's funny, yeah. you're just reminding me too when you're talking about like who's the wife and who's their mistress. It reminded me of Deion Sanders. He had the infamous line. Yeah, that's he right. was playing pro football and yep. pro baseball as well, too. He said, Football is my wife, but baseball is my mistress. Yeah. Um, I, I thought another cool thing that Brady was talking about two things. One was that he remembers like literally every single quarterback that was in the same draft class as him, the quarterbacks <laughs> that were drafted yes. before him and the quarterbacks that were drafted even after him, even though he yeah. was so late into the draft. It's just like, we were talking about it yesterday or one of these podcasts this week where Brady, his, his memory is so great. The way he obviously you're going to remember all your teammates, but he just like rattles them off in two seconds. He named yeah. like every single wide receiver. And then here he, rattles off all of the quarterbacks they played with. I thought that was really cool. And then when he was talking about the broadcasting as well, he said that he really wanted to be a part of the, the broadcast that's on site at the stadiums, at the practice. Cause he's yeah. like, listen, I've been to a million of these production meetings when they come in on Friday. And he's like, I've spoken to every, you know, journalist broadcaster that they bring in yeah. GMs, everything like that. So he's like, I can just impart my wisdom just from that. And it, it still feels like being on a team and traveling and preparing for a road game versus Dan Patrick brought up that Drew Brees, the former Saints quarterback, went straight into the studio. And that was 
a way different transition just going to the studio versus right picking up and traveling week to week, yeah. going to and, a different place that, for what game you're covering. Didn't it sound like like Tom Brady wasn't going to go there and just ask questions of Justin Herbert, right? Well, if he's doing a Chargers game, right? He's not going to just sit there in the production meeting and just ask questions. It sounded like he wanted to share information. Yes. And, he wants to be know, like, why are you doing this on the play action? Yeah. You know, yeah. On a go wants, route. <laughs> I think he really wants to help these coaches and, and the players at every little stop he goes to. Right. I, I just yeah. got that, that sense. I'm like, damn, you know, and you know what that is? That's giving back to the game. And that's why yes. you saw, for example, today, Warren Sapp, right? Yeah. Buccaneer legend. Yeah. Buccaneer legend. Um, and he told me, because we were supposed to get together and drink some wine and watch some football uh, this week. And he's like, hey, you know, I can't. I got to reschedule. I'm I'm going uh, up to Washington and uh, and working with the Commodores. Um, that's my word, not his. It's, I think they're called the Commanders, but I, yes. I'm referring to them as the Commodores. Or yeah, the Commodores. Lionel Richie. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Commodores, Commodes, whatever you want. But uh, But he went up there. Why? Because there's Chase Young, right? There's there's Deron yeah. Payne, there's Jonathan Allen, there's there's a really good defensive line, and Warren Sapp loves the game of football. And so if there's a team or a player that wants to work with Warren Sapp, he will do it. He will go there and and help and give back to the game. And, and I remember we we had this conversation uh, after I kind of got the scoop from him about. Uh, Logan Hall and, and his experience working with him just a couple weeks ago at the, the Bucks OTA. And, and Sapp said, you know, it, it's crazy. Some of these younger kids don't know who I am. They didn't see me play. They're too young. But he said, I've had so many kids. He calls them kids. Yeah. So many kids coming out of college ask me for my number and I give it to them. And I'll say, you want to work out? Let me know where and when, and I'll I'll meet you. Right? I mean, Warren Sapp is willing to do to do this, and he said, "Scott, it, it's astonishing how many of these kids don't follow through, don't follow up." I mean, and and that would be like, you know, uh, you know, it, like Warren Sapp. I mean, he would have loved coming out of Miami and into Tampa to have the opportunity, you know, to 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 get schooled one-on-one -on -one with mean Joe green, right. Yeah. You know, or Randy white or, or, um, Keith Millard, right. Some of the great defensive tackles that preceded him. He loved that opportunity. Right. I mean, who wouldn't, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that would be like, like if I met Elon Musk, who has obviously made billions of dollars, world's richest man, you know, Tesla, SpaceX, all that. And, and he says, Hey Scott, you know, if you want me to, to you know, do a Zoom call or meet with the Peter Report staff and just kind of talk some business and and all that stuff. You know, here's my number. Let me know. And then like me not calling him. That's just dumb. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. But we all get gonna... Teslas out of it. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's what's happened to Sap. It's crazy. No, I get so, what you're saying. So when Washington called, they're like, hey, you know, we want you to come up and work with our young D line. You know, it's the strength of our team. Yeah. You know, he was like, hell yeah. I thought it was interesting too that. He like did a press conference after. Like I understand, yeah. like he's technically not on the staff. You know, he's right. just there as like a guest visiting. So I thought it was interesting that he was able to. I, I didn't see anything that he said from the press conference, but there was like a huddle of people going and, and interviewing with them. Obviously, I, I would be interested. Anytime Warren Sapp speaks, it's usually uh, an interesting piece of information that yeah. we that we go and get from it. And again, Sapp doesn't give the seal of approval to everyone. So that's right. That's I'm right. sure th there's a reason besides just like, hey, like, come expand your your knowledge or expertise, yeah. or I don't know if Sap ever wanted to get into coaching or anything like that. No, you know, he didn't want didn't want the hours, you know. But yeah. he likes doing this. This is his way to give back to the game and to kind of bring it full circle back around to Tom Brady. I think that's what Tom Brady wants to do. Is yeah, he wants to make his money. He wants to call the game. He wants to to you know to. Uh, uh, be the best at another version of football once he retires, which is announcing games and calling them Matt. But I also think he wants to give back to the game this way. He wants to go around and talk to all the young quarterbacks on a weekly basis, right? And talk to the young coaches and, and share his wisdom. So you, you see legends do that, right? The guys that love the game, Warren Sapp, Tom Brady, those type of upper echelon players, 
they're the ones that that love the game so much they want to give back to it. And Scott, you mentioned the best. Uh, when it comes to protein bars, the best protein bar that you can get is the Fast Bar, as you see right here. I got the white cookies and cream going on. It yeah. is a product of Celsius Energy Drinks, the Fast Brands Protein Bar. You got 20 grams of protein in that bar, but the taste is delicious. You got the white oh cookies gosh. and cream. As I, I had one right before the show, so I was like ready to go. I actually... Just went to my mailbox like, I don't know, an hour ago, and I had a new pack. It's like, all right, the fast bars are here. Let's go. So, yeah, I had a white cookies and cream before uh, the show started today. There's also the salted caramel peanut crunch, yes. equally as delicious. The oh, taste yeah. is everything. First of all, Celsius, whether it's the drink or their fast brand protein bars, no one compares to their taste. Yeah. And it's so useful, too. Like, there's nothing like a good protein bar to just get you going whether it's like a little bit little snack that you need or maybe you forgot to have breakfast and you got to get into your car and get to work bam you just That's have right. the fast brand bar good to go there you can have it before the gym you can have it as a healthier dessert you know mm -hmm. if you want to stay away from some more of the sugary type of stuff have it as a healthier dessert or there's 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 like two grams of, of sugar in in yeah. these and, and the taste is amazing like you said matt and and this is not in the script. We're not reading the script here when we say no. that they taste like candy bars. They really they do. do. And they that's why when you mention dessert, I feel compelled to say that because uh, it's the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none. Another thing I was told to do, I haven't done it yet, but I'm I'm going to do it soon, is if you want to enhance your dessert, put it in the microwave for a little bit. Just like warm it up a little bit and mm. then mix it into your ice cream and have it with your ice cream. Oh. I cannot wait to do. I might do that tonight oh. when I watch the uh, when I watch the. That's the creative. Game. Hell yeah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, create, creativity. That. That's that, that's the way to go with it. But yeah, anyway, uh, shout out Celsius Energy and the Fast Brand Protein Bars. They yes. are delicious and top notch. Speaking of top notch, Scott, as yeah. we were talking about earlier, we're going to get into the rankings of the Bucks players on offense, where where they are on on the list in terms of their other counterparts and opponents mm -hmm. across the NFL going position by position. Since we've talked about Tom Brady, we'll stick with the quarterback position. Yeah, let's do it. And Brady, it's so funny to say because he's 45 years old. Well, you know, 44. He's 44. He's 45 in 45 August. 45 in August. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's still... Trust me, Matt, when, when you get old like me, right? It's like, um, you know, you don't want that birthday to come, damn it, until it comes. Like when you're, when you're 20... Like my daughter Ellie's going to be twenty-one on June twenty-third. You know, she's oh wow, like, coming up. Yeah, she's like, hey, you can pretty much call me twenty-one right now. I'm like, yeah, she can't <laughs> wait. But right. man, when you're when you're old, you want to wait. You want to put off that number as 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 much as you can. Yeah. Uh, uh, so apologies to Tom Brady. He is forty-four <laughs> and three-fourths <Right>. quarters. <laughs> yes. Uh, cl close to forty-five, but. He's still crushing it, you know. He he yeah. led the league in in passing yards last season, over five thousand. He had forty three touchdown passes. Yeah, hasn't lost a step from what we've seen in, in many camp. No. Um, so I have him near the top. I don't have yeah. him as well, number one. We're gonna pull that graphic up in just a second here. But to answer Joe Grizz three forty one's point, that's not a question, but it's a point. I'll answer it anyways. Brady has had the luxury of not having a dramatic drop-off in talent or performance that usually forces a guy to leave the game. That's partially true. I wouldn't say he's had the luxury because he's really worked at it. His longevity is a function of two things. Number one, his maniacal approach to health and physical fitness that yes. has allowed him to remain a peak athlete because the, the dramatic drop-off in talent happens – when your your body breaks down, right? When you just mm. physically break down, he has not had that happen because of the unique TB12 training methods. And I talked to Blaine Gabbard a little bit about this as well. He's on it. A lot of a lot of Buccaneer players have on it or have have um, been put on the, the diet and the the, the program and the, the regimen. Uh, Alex Guerrero actually, you know, works at one Buccaneer place too. In addition to TB12 being down the road, so. It, it's it's a TB12 Buccaneers collaboration in Tampa, and that's helped Tom Brady lengthen his career and still play at a high level. The other part of it is, uh, and, and this is not luxury so much as it is a little bit of luck, but Brady's also mastered, Matt, 
the art of the dive. Yes. Like, I mean, when he sees a sack coming, he's not going to stand in the pocket and take the hit and, and yeah. put the pass, right? It, it, he he will he will say, can I get this pass out and can it be on the money? And sometimes he'll take some hits, but oftentimes he will duck fetal position, avoid the big hit, avoid the big sack. He'll get sacked, but it won't be like. A, oh yeah, he know he knows when to wave the white flag. Like yeah, if you, if he yeah. sees a guy coming, you I would I would say I don't have off the top of my head the amount of times he got sacked last year, but I I'd be willing to say at least like seven. I think yeah, I'd be willing to say around like fourteen of those were okay. Brady saw it coming and kind of went to the ground. Yeah, he gets hit more after releasing the pass than he does like actually getting sacked. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like Correct. if he knows, all right, I'm gonna have to take one here but this is going to go for a 20-yard reception to Mike Evans. He will get hit. But I also think it's a credit to him, again, 44 and three-fourths quarters. Like, you have to work to sustain that same skill and everything. Like, I remember talking to – when we had Will Golston on the show, he just Mm -hmm. talked about how much, you know, he's – workout-wise and regimen-wise, how much he's had to change as he goes into his 10th year. And a couple times I asked Mike Evans last week and Donovan Smith about Mm – you know, their routines and, and Mike Evans is 28, 29 years old. Yeah. Um, And he said, too, like he had to change his diet a lot too, mm-hmm. e- eating a lot more cleaner than he had in the past. Yep. And he works out even more than he did when he was younger. You'd almost think it would be like the opposite because like you're younger. Right. You got that more energy and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't I don't think by any means Brady had the luxury because you had yeah. to put in all the, the work in order to keep playing at this age. Like no one's really yeah. doing what he's doing. <laughs> we, we appreciate uh, a communist party of China, uh, Xi Jinping for saying Celsius is so good. I'm starting to get addicted for real. So that's awesome that you can find uh, Celsius over in China. That's, that's great to hear. We appreciate that. I didn't know it was over there, but yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, more, more, Power to the Chinese people in terms of drinking Celsius. So. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, let's let's get to your list here, Matt, because this uh, this is a good list. Let's go to the quarterback rankings and pull them up. There we are. All right. So you have Tom Brady number two. What's your ra- rationale in having Patrick Mahomes number one over Tom Brady? Yeah, I don't think you could just look at the stats for literally every single thing going on. I think you could also argue somewhat that Mahomes had a, a worse season than he had, you know, the previous two years when he right. made it to the Super Bowl. But I think you do have to factor in age a little bit. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make this like the argument that you were telling me yesterday when Mark Cook convinced you that Warren Sapp's the greatest buck of all time, where it's like right. if you're starting a team right now, who are you picking? Yeah. And that's why you went with Warren Sapp. But I right. do think in this scenario, Mahomes, obviously he's much younger. As much as Tom Brady is a dual threat quarterback, uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is way more mobile. And yeah. he has, I, I, he has a little bit more arm strength again, just because right. Brady's well, getting up and, there. In and age. He's, he's also had that just wow. Yeah. Statistical season. Right. I mean, yeah. if you look at the 50 touchdown passes he had a couple years ago. I mean, th- that's up there with with Peyton Manning, right? Uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees uh, in, in in his prime, right? In, in terms of of just being a gunslinger, prolific passer, just that mm-hmm. can absolutely crush you and beat you with his arm, beat you with his brain, and and also with this with his ability to move in and out of the pocket, pick up first downs on the run, etc. Uh, so I I totally see that. I'm not arguing the point. Whatever. Now let me ask you this, just because sure. we're going to go through quarterbacks, we're going to go through wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Uh, th- this is not necessarily reflective of it, based on what happened last year. This is kind of present day. It's it's looking at what they've done in the past, looking at at uh, at what they did last year. But this is also a projection, right, of what you think they're going to do this year. Yes, and I think that'll reflect more with like running back and tight end, where there's a couple of players that you know may have had injury prone seasons last year, but it's like, okay, when these guys are healthy, yeah. or what I think they might become the next season with just especially younger players, yeah. that's where I see, um, you know, there's, there's not really a direct science or formula that I had for this. Yeah, yeah. This is just your rankings. And I, yeah. I appreciate that. So let's, and I'm, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here sure. a little bit. I, I agree. I think with a lot of these things here, 
Um, it's it's really hard to argue the, the top four, right? I mean, that's just yeah, who it is. It's exactly. Only Brady, Rogers, Allen. If you're a Bills fan, Allen's going to be higher. If you're a Packers fan, Rogers will be number one. Like we get that, right? Mm-hmm. So th- where I thought this was interesting was number five: Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford, who certainly has accomplished more, and then also you know won that head-to-head Super Bowl battle there. So what's the thinking, Burrow over? say Stafford, for example. Yeah, sure. So Joe Burrow, I was just so impressed. Remember, he's still young in his career. Last year was his his second season. He came yeah. off a serious leg injury last year where I I he wasn't even con- off. <laughs> I wasn't even convinced that he was going to, you know, start yeah. the beginning of this season. I know he didn't play in the preseason, but I just the, the way that he was able to bounce back from that and then they got him his former teammate Jamar Chase, they gave him a weapon on the offensive side of the ball. He's Joe cool for a reason. I know that's nickname has been used for a a couple of players, but his, his presence in the pocket, his comfortability when again, he hasn't been around for that long. And the Bengals offensive line was absolute trash. Yeah. And he was still getting it done, winning football games, him and Jamar chase linked up to be, you know, for years, what it seems like is going to be one of the best quarterback wide receiver combinations in the league i just think the way that joe burrow came back from injury was great in the pocket comfortable all the time uh you know precision passing i i know he had some tough losses in there you lost to the jets in the regular season but when they needed him in the playoffs he came up big as did matthew stafford and i'm not taking away from anything from matthew stafford if you want to argue him over joe burrow i i don't think (laughs) you're wrong but in 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 some ways it's It's all very subjective, but right. I just think well, yeah. So, so, there's there's another name that's not on the list that I thought might be, especially because he's got Devontae Adams, his former Fresno State Bulldog teammate, that he'll be throwing to this year. But Derek yeah. Carr not on the list, and I think uh, Common Sensei says I would take Carr over Dak. To be honest, um, he's not a, a Dak fan. He says Dak not in the top ten. Uh, no way. Um, You've got Dwayne Thomas saying, I take Dak over Burrow, though. So, yeah, every, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Work. Well, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's embrace right. a, d- embrace debate. And I appreciate yeah. everyone with their comments, whether they agree with me or whether they disagree with me. Yeah. I'll and speak I, on. Sorry, go I, ahead. I was going to say, I, I think a lot of uh, Buccaneer fans have seen enough of Dak Prescott, right? Because <laughs> you know, he, he beat them on, on Thanksgiving, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. He basically knocked them out of the playoffs, I think, a year or two later. And, and you know, and the guy's completed like seventy eight percent of his passes, right? Even um, you know, and he was great that the opener last season. Yeah, I know the Bucks won, yeah. but he was yeah. great in that opener. And a reason why I really like Dak Prescott, I think he's one of the best in the games. In and also shout out to him again, came back from a, a very tough injury and yeah. dusted it off right away. I think Dak and you, you know, and me and, and everybody did not think this guy was going to come out and throw for 400 yards. No, no, against the Buccaneers. absolutely not. I also didn't plan on the Cowboys refusing. And again, the Cowboys set the blueprint of screw running the ball. We're going to show we're going to throw short three yard slants yeah. or screens. And that's going to be, you know, our, our run game. But yeah. I think Dak, you know, when you look at the greats like obviously Brady and Rogers and Peyton Manning, who's obviously been retired for a couple of years, but they were so great at adjusting plays at the line of scrimmage before the balls even snapped. They're like, all right, I figured out the defense. We're going to move this linebacker over here. My is going to look to the left and move the safety out there. They could figure out the play or, you know, call an audible at the line to set up what they're going to do next. I think Dak Prescott, and he's still uh, not the youngest quarterback, but in the younger group of quarterbacks, I think he does a great job of just being able to analyze the defense, put his players in the right position before right. the ball's even snapped. He wins the game a lot in that sense of it. Now, you've got Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl and been in two Super Bowls with the Seahawks now. Yes. You have him at number 10. Is that is that more or less because he's on a new team, there's going to be a transition there, the weaponry, he doesn't have a DK Metcalf, for example, or a Tyler Lockett. Is, is that what you're thinking is there? Uh, ranking him below a guy, below some guys that just haven't done that, like Lamar Jackson. Just you know, he hasn't been to a, a championship game yet, right? Dak Prescott hasn't, you know, uh, yeah. That much I, in, in the postseason, Justin Herbert is, you know, he's still a, a very young quarterback. 
Yeah, there's a couple different degrees. When Russell Wilson won with Seattle, he was still on his rookie contract. That was years and years and years ago. So I don't know yeah. how much yeah, you can take. the defense then too, right? I mean, yes, and he won, and he won no. because of the defense. But I also think if you want to say that about Tom Brady in the first Super Bowl that he won, you could also mm-hmm. make the case that it was the defense that got yeah. the Patriots there and helped them win the Super Bowl. I think a little bit of it is Russell Wilson – I think he gets knocked down on this list, mm-hmm. not from myself, but like others don't even have Russell Wilson in the top 10. And I think it's because the way that Seattle has played so poorly over the last couple of years. I mean, remember, yeah. I guess maybe more last season, because two years ago they made the playoffs and they almost beat the Packers. Now we've learned that the Packers aren't really the best when it comes to the postseason. They always lose the big game at home at Lambeau Field. But Russell Wilson, I think if he's fully healthy, he does a great job. Obviously, he can move around in the pocket almost better than anyone. And sometimes it's to a yeah. fault. You know, he always tries to make the play. But he's a very smart player, of course, too. Not even getting to throw into the ball, but he won't take the hits. He makes sure he gets out of bounds. And that's kind of right. a knock on Josh Allen, where Josh Allen gets hit way too much. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you got to preserve your body. But I think Russell Wilson still has a good deep ball. He's still a fairly yeah. precise passer. And I think He's going to have a bounce back year with Denver with uh, a much better defense and right. obviously skill players like Jerry Judy, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Now, I noticed that there was no Blaine Gabbert on this list. But again, you're only talking about starting quarterbacks. And in reality, I mean, as it stands right now, yeah, uh, Tom Brady is the starting quarterback in Tampa. Blaine is number two. Scott, um, do you want to address the Taylor Lewan video that he had? earlier today on busting with the boys oh that was so awesome yes (laughs) um that's just here's what it is it's it's classic blaine badassery is what it is for him to come in and um i I don't remember the the quote something like you know like daddy's gonna you know uh, i think it was like daddy's gonna sling it daddy's gonna sling it yeah exactly you know and sure he threw a picks a pick six that's uh, i'm guarantee you if you go back and look at the film receiver runs the wrong route i mean it's that has to be what would cause that. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to love the swagger from the most handsome quarterback in, on the Buccaneers and probably in Buccaneer uh, history. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that's, that's a, that's an interesting solid list. And I'm curious to see what you have. Let's, let's stick with the passing game, right? I mean, let's, let's go to the guys that Tom Brady, Throwing the ball too, right? You, you've got two Buccaneers in the top ten. Okay, that's interesting, right? I do. So I do. let's let's start at the top. I mean, um, you know, you have Mike Evans in the top five, and there are a lot of people in the, the sports business out there, sports world, sports journalism, that don't consider Mike Evans a top five wide receiver. And and again, the this is up for debate, right? You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had Cooper cup in this list at, at number two or in the top five, two years ago, but exactly. he's, burst, he's burst on the scene. Devonte Adams is a player that has just been there and done that every year. And, and probably will continue to do it with Derek Carr. Now with the Raiders, Tyreek Hill, you know, he's a freak and has been for years. Deandre Hopkins is one of the steadiest dynamic playmakers out there. Um, and I think that Mike Evans gets slighted because there's been some years where, you know, he's put up 1,300, 1,200 yards. There's also been some years where he's barely had 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Even if he's catching like 14 touchdowns, but he barely gets that. But I think it's it's a product of the offense he's in, and he's not a ball hawk. Uh, he, or I should say a ball hog. He is is a player that will share the load. He doesn't bitch and moan about not getting enough targets, throw temper tantrums, and run off the field. He is a an ultimate team player. But when called upon and when targeted, he wins, he produces yards and gets touchdowns, and he's done so at the most remarkably consistent level, uh, doing eight straight years with 1,000 yards to start his career, which is an NFL record. Yeah, Mike is the definition of – consistency but also productive consistency mike can put the team on the on his back if he needs to but he doesn't always have to especially since brady got here just with all the other weapons and skilled players that they have on the offense and yeah i i agree with you mike is 
criminally underrated. And I don't know if he ever will, unfortunately, get the the recognition that he deserves. Like, I, I even think DeAndre Hopkins, he's in a similar category of Mike Evans in terms of Hopkins is with the Cardinals now, but most of his career, he was with the Houston Texans. And up until Deshaun Watson got there, the Texans went through a carousel of quarterbacks where he played mm-hmm. with a lot of, you know, subpar quarterbacks. But the Texans, for whatever reason, like randomly would still get, they get that first wild card playoff game where they'd be the home team, yeah. but would still be an underdog. And even though they didn't go far in the playoffs until later when Deshaun Watson was there, mm-hmm. I think there's something about just getting that one national playoff game, even if it's it's like the early ESPN one where, right. you know, ESPN's going to be like, hey, yeah. you know, the Texans stink, but DeAndre Hopkins, look what he can do. <laughs> like if the Bucs could have just squeaked in one year, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah, Jameis one season made a wild card. Elevate his profile, right? It, it, exactly. You know, uh, I agree with you. Now, uh, there, there's going to be some people, we even have uh, some here in the chat that would look at this list and say, you know, Justin Jefferson, man. I mean, he, you know, Jamar Chase, those guys are, are, are better than Mike right now. Right. And, and, uh, you know, it, it just kind of depends. And you could even say that the, those guys aren't just the main guys on their teams because, the Vikings have a, a decent wide receiving core. The Bengals have a really good wide receiving core. I mean, almost rivaling the Buccaneers in terms of the number of prolific receivers in that team that Joe Burrow has to throw to. So do you think that that if Mike Evans you know, has 1,050 or 1,100 yards this year, that he's going to get passed by the likes of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and might slide down this list and be closer to number 10 than – the number five, I don't think Mike would care as long as they're winning and getting Super Bowls. Yeah, I don't think Mike would care either. And I do think in a year or two from now, if especially like Chase and Jefferson put up those same numbers, the list might have to get changed a little bit. And what I was talking about before, with like projections and and some guys that have proved it, like Mike has already proved it where Jefferson and yeah. Jamar Chase are still young players and they're obviously extremely talented and very exciting. And mm-hmm. I don't really expect them to drop off, but I do give Mike the benefit of the doubt in that sense of like, he's done it eight straight years, as we talked about where sometimes to me, you just got to continue to prove it or show that consistency as we just talked about. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt how great of a year like yeah. Justin Jefferson had 1,616 yards. You know, he had, 108 receptions and you know jamar chase had a great year too went to the super bowl and is was is the best receiver on the Bengals, and and obviously does a lot of great things different receiver right but i just want to see a little bit more before i'm gonna put you in the top five where a lot of these guys really work their way up to become a top five wide receiver i don't think they should just get thrown to the wayside just because one guy has a a really good season or two good seasons yeah and, and it's cooper cup might not be as prolific as he was last year, but I think you can, you and I can make the argument he's going to be damn close, right? It's and not- and that's, that's why I have him at number two is yeah. because what he did last year is incredible. You know, he yeah. won the, the triple crown and for right. as far as receivers go. And that was incredible. But I still think like, again, if I'm picking a team, I don't know if Cooper cup's going to do that every single year. He could still be an all pro a right. pro bowl player and extremely productive. But if I want to win one game with one guy, I would probably go with Devontae Adams over yeah. Cooper Cup. And it's, it's not a knock right. on Cooper Cup. And, it's just and, and again, this this is not just a um, uh, yeah. Th- this is like a Heisman Trophy thing. It's like, what have you done this year? Yeah. You know, and and it's 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 you know, are, are you a good receiver? What did you do last year? But more importantly, what do we think you're going to do this year? Right now, one guy that that's that I see it in the chat here. It's on my list too. The the two guys that I'm a little curious about, uh, uh, Stefan Diggs, Buffalo and DK Metcalf from the Seahawks. Now I, I think Metcalf's numbers with drew lock are going to go down because yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he doesn't have a great quarterback throwing him the ball. Now at the same time, if you're a, if you're a great receiver, right? I mean, Mike Evans had, we talked about this yesterday. We, he had Josh McCown, Mike Lennon, Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, and still was a thirteen hundred yard or one thousand or or eleven hundred yard receiver. So uh, you don't necessarily need a great quarterback if you're a great wide receiver to right. shine. Mike proved that, 
but what's the thinking and having the and 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 we'll we'll give Jefferson and Chase their due, but Debo Sam, Debo Samuel, uh, Charles, uh, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, what's the thinking there for those guys? Not Stephon Diggs or say not a DK Metcalf. Yeah, first off, I would say that I probably should have put Stefan Diggs at 10 and taken A.J. Brown. So that's on me, but I was going through a lot of different names. Chris Godwin, I think, is a number one receiver on a majority of teams in the NFL, but you don't choose who you get drafted by. I think Chris Godwin, what he's done over the past couple of years, especially in a Bruce Arians type of offense, I mean, you look at his production of what he had Last year, before he went down with injury, he played in 14 games. He had 98 receptions for 1,103 yards and five touchdowns. So he had more receptions and more receiving yards than Mike Evans did, his own teammate, while playing in less games. I think Chris Godwin, the versatility of him is extremely valuable to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he would be for a number of different uh, teams in this league. And I think that's what I really like about Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel and that's why I have him at eight is, and I know he, he kind of like hates what he's doing in the San Francisco 49ers uh, offense. And that's why he wanted to hold out for a while. But I just think he's just one of those guys. That's an electric factory. He's very fast. They like to use him in sweeps. They just want to get the ball in his hands yeah. and let him go and, you know, and take it from there. I think he's a great route runner. Uh, he's slippery too. Like he can right. break tackles in different ways. And that's why they use him um, in the run game. So that's why I have Debo there. And Chris Godwin, I just think fully healthy. He puts up monster numbers. I mean, again, yeah. if you go back to his 2019 season, he was incredible. And while 2020 wasn't his best season, he was still extremely productive. And that's with getting injured. He broke a finger, catching a touchdown pass from yeah. Tom Brady. I believe that was the game against the Raiders. Yeah, And this year, too, he was doing exceptional again yeah. until, unfortunately, you know, he tore his ACL, and that was the end of his season. But Chris Godwin, when healthy, is up there with the best of the best. Well, and, and just to kind of back that that point up here, right, I mean, I mean, Mike Evans is is the, the touchdown guy, right? He's going to get more touchdowns in a season than Chris Godwin on the norm. Yeah. But, I mean, Cooper Cup was just ridiculous, right? 145 catches. <laughs> Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams thing, 123 catches. Tyreek Hill had 111 catches. Justin Jefferson, 108. Um, but if you would have projected Chris Godwin's numbers, and he averaged seven catches per game, right? So if you were to give him games 15, 16, and 17, there's three other games that he missed at his pace, he would have had 119 catches. That would have placed him third in the in the NFL uh, last year, ahead of Tyreek Hill, and he would have had one thousand three hundred and thirty nine yards. That would have put him third in the NFL, ahead of Tyreek Hill, and only behind Cooper Cup's uh, nineteen forty seven and Devontae Adams fifteen fifty three. So that's that's pretty remarkable. And you're right, when healthy, Chris Godwin in this offense is an absolute monster. And so I, I think it's it's kind of it's a little weird outside of Tampa Bay, especially to see Chris Godwin ranked this high on your list. But boy, based upon last year, the pace he was on, the numbers certainly justify it. So um I again I think I think a good list. Um you know AJ Brown, we'll see, especially with with, with Jalen Hurts throwing to him, but they're paying him yeah. an awful lot of money. So you know, the, the guys that get the money get the ball because they want to see the return on their investments. So um, yeah, uh, we talked about a lot of these receivers being remarkable. Another thing that would be remarkable is winning $10 million in prizes, which you can, $10 million in cash, I should say, which you can do that with Underdog Fantasy and Best Ball Mania 3. Guys, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management and get the optimal scoring each week of the season. And you have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their best ball, Mania 3. They got over 40,000 participants already. The earlier you draft, the better, because some of the players that are the best-kept secret up until training camp, you start drafting them now, you get them at way better value. So head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store now to sign up with the promo code Pewter. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with the promo code 
pewter and draft your best ball mania three team today. Another cool thing you could do too is the pickums. You could do that with any sport, yeah. just like if you want to pick the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, you could pick uh, two players, um, one from each team. I'm Scott? actually doing that. I'm, I'm doing it right now during this promo. You reminded me to get my pick them in. <laughs> and I'm before the end of the show, I'm going to have my picks and you can see who I'm picking on Twitter. I'm going to post it to our, our Twitter feed and you can check out my um, uh, the, the guys I'm picking. Again, when you do the pick them, it's fun. You, you do have to pick one player, at least one player from an opposite team. So I, I might pick three lightning players and one avalanche player. The more players you pick, the higher that prize slash reward money is. So uh, it, it's fun, man. You really got to do underdog fantasy. It's more than just fantasy football. They've got fantasy in all kinds of sports. The pickems are my favorite until and that's, you, until and that's you start what, doing the fantasy football. And that's what makes it so much fun, Scott. We're lucky right now because the Lightning are playing in the Stanley Cup. But, you know, if you live somewhere where your team's not in it, you know, the, the Stanley Cup might be a little bit more interesting to you if you want to bet the over on – you know, Steven Stamkos number of shots and Nathan McKinnon right. uh, number of shots. And the cool thing, last thing about underdog fantasy, again, promo code pewter, um, you could do different leagues too. You don't have to yeah. do a public league. You could set up one with your friends or family with ones up to $3, $5, $6, whatever you want to do. So they have multiple different options for whatever you want to get into. So it's not just football. It's all the different sports. So underdog fantasy promo code pewter. Scott, I think we should move to the running backs now. Let's do it. Obviously, the running back that we're going to be talking about is Leonard Fournette. Um, I didn't do anything with Rashad White for the mere fact of he's a rookie. We've projected what we believe his role is going to be on the Buccaneers. Uh, while we make that educated guess, we can't confirm it 100% until yeah. you know we see it in training camp. And and it, everything. It's, it's not Liard Fournette. It's a typo on my part. It's Leonard. I did that without having my glasses on, so I apologized. <laughs> It's all uh, good. It's a, a lot of names. Liard, it's Leonard. A, a lot of names that you typed in in the first place. So credit to you for for all yeah. these grabs. And he's number fifteen on the list. So we'll go yes. through uh, the, the top ten here. But uh, you know the the first four I think are those are pretty rock solid, right? Derrick Henry from the Titans. You got Jonathan Taylor. Um, both those guys I think for the next couple of years are going to be in the running for the rushing title. Nick Chubb's always a threat as long as he's not having to split carries in Cleveland and Dalvin cook when healthy is just a guy that can go off for 200 yards on any given Sunday. Um, I, I think that that's a pretty solid one through four right there. Again, you can, you know, reshuffle the deck. If you're a Colts fan, Taylor's your number one guy, right? If you're yeah. a Vikings fan, you might have Dalvin cook. Number one, we get that. But, but number five Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this is a guy that has really struggled with injuries ever since, he signed that big contract extension. And that's why I have him down on the list. I think when fully 100% healthy, Christian McCaffrey, I think you could argue right now, could be in that number three spot. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was the clear cut, without a doubt, no question, number one pick in fantasy football for what he does as a runner, but even more importantly, if for fantasy football reasons, what he does as a receiver. The reason why I can't put him in that top three and why I still give him the respect that five for what he's done. See, that's that's some like you, serious respect there, Matt. He hadn't he didn't really played much the last but, two years. But like yeah, like you said, he just can't stay healthy. So it's one of those things, well, can he prove it this year? Is he going to have a healthy year? Remember, Rob Gronkowski had a huge injury history, stayed away from the game for a year, came back, played with the Bucks, and he played a full season. So it can be done. Different situations, I understand. But McCaffrey with the talent that he has, I don't think he should just not be on the list at all. But he can't be in the top three because of the the injury history that he has. Derrick Henry, too, his stats, he played in eight games, but they're still insane. He had 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. That's more That's more rushing yards than Leonard Fournette had playing in 14 games. And uh, Leonard <laughs> Fournette had eight, eight rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. So he had 10 total. Derrick Henry had 10 just rushing so his stats are insane jonathan taylor too you know one 332 rushes 1811 rushing yards 18 touchdowns. i loved him coming out and the bucks loved him too uh, really yeah i yeah. know the, the bucks love in insane yeah. what those stats did 
Um, I won't go through every single player, but Nick yeah. Chubb, I had him on my fantasy team. I love Nick Chubb. The only issue with him, him is Alvin, Alvin Kamara just takes uh, not Alvin Kamara. Um, what's his name? Uh, played for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm blanking right here. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Like, oh, the other so run, yes, many, the other running back. Correct. Kareem yes. Hunt yeah. just takes so many of his snaps, especially in the passing game. And yeah. Again, fantasy football wise, just just ruins it. But right. um. Oh, look, yeah, I'm, so I, I, I have Leonard spelled correctly. Reynolds, what are you doing? Why are you misspelling <laughs> Leonard Fournette's name? What are you doing, Reynolds? So well, He's going to get on. <laughs> there we go. Reynolds. All right, so there, there we go. So you have him 15, right? Yeah. And, and there's a couple other guys, right? You've got uh, Ezekiel Elliott off this list. You've got... Um, yeah, so for, for the record, my 11 through 15, I have Josh Jacobs... Javante Williams, uh, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott. Those two, again, it's one of those where if they're healthy, I I still think that they have something left in the tank and can really be a productive yeah. running back. It's just a matter of whether or not um, they can be healthy. And then I have Lenny. But you know what? Lenny, <clears throat> I will. first of all, he's got a great opportunity to move up this list depending on what he does this season. Yeah. As the clear-cut bell cow, yeah. doesn't have to worry about losing a starting job. Another thing I want to point out, I just gave his rushing stats out before. We talked about this before, his importance to the Bucs offense, especially when Chris Godwin was out for the rest of the season. Right. His importance in the passing game, he had a very nice 69 receptions for 454 yards and two touchdowns. Those yeah. receptions were third among running backs in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So he, he put in the work. He is a complete the, the back. There's, there's yes. no doubt about it. And and um, I, I think I think Joe Mixon, I could see him climb this list a little bit. I could see him actually be number five this year if um, if the Bengals offense continues to click. Najee Harris is probably the only question mark I have there. I, I think I think Javante Williams will be. Um, I think he's going to shine out there in um, in Denver. He was great I, last year. Again, he, yeah. I had him on my fantasy team too. He was yeah. great. He just again he had to share all the snaps with Melvin Gordon. Towards yeah. the end of the year, Williams was dominating. I was just like, he was. put this guy in. Hell, like, what are you hell doing? Of a back, man. Put this hell guy of a back. in. I think Najee Harris, I, I really like him as a running back. I think part of the issue was, you know, he was playing with Ben Roethlisberger, who yeah. was on his last legs, could hardly move. Teams right. knew Ben couldn't pass the ball, so they're going to stack the box up. Uh, Najee Harris actually led the running backs in yeah. in, in catches with uh, 74, yeah. I believe. So I I yeah, I just think with a, a new quarterback this year, and I understand it's not going to be like a, a top-level quarterback, but I think with the opportunity to go and, you know, the defense isn't only going to be focusing on just stopping the run because they know that Ben, Big Ben isn't going to be able to pass. I think right. just with the – the I don't want to say threat because that's not the right word, but just with the, the thought of, okay, we actually have to defend more than 10 yards down the field. Yeah in the passing game, I think it's going to help him as a runner too. And we, and we saw some flashes towards the end of last year too, like big Ben's last game. He ripped off that huge run. Mm -hmm. um, so I, him, it's more of a projection type of thing. Yep. You've got Rob Gronkowski projected as the sixth best tight end. And when looking at this list, I mean, it is, it is so hard to argue one, two, and three, right? Travis Kelsey yeah. with the chiefs, George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, um, you know, Waller might have a, a less productive season now that yes. Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. Because Waller was the passing game, uh, you know, for for a, a yes. large portion of, of 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 last year for sure. And but at the same time, I, I think ha having Devontae Adams on the Raiders team now. It's. It, I think it's going to help get Waller open. He might have less targets and he might have less less catches. I could see him having more yards, a better yards per, per uh, uh, you know per per catch attempt. Per catch, yeah, and and probably scores more touchdowns because all of the focus is not going to be on him. Now you've got. Uh, uh, I like Mark Andrews, and I think Andrews is probably number four on my list because. The Ravens don't have any receivers. <laughs> they have yeah, and yeah he's backs. the ultimate security blanket to yeah, Lamar so Jackson. He, and and he's Scott, a producer. He's he's going to get a ton of work this year. 
Uh, and you could kind of say the same thing for Kyle Pitts. He's going to get a ton of work, but he's got Marcus Barry Yoda throwing the ball. Yeah, Pitts, it's more about just the, the skill set and the talent that he is in the first place. You can only control so much about who's going to be throwing you the ball. Uh, Darren Wall, I just want to say, I love his athleticism as a yeah. tight end. I think he's going to be awesome. Mar- well, here he is already awesome, but continue to be awesome. Um, Mark Andrews, Scott, he had a 91.5 rating from Pro Football Focus, which mm-hmm. is not the end-all, be-all of, er- of every projection, but obviously that's a, a very high praise oh, yeah. for him at, at that number. And yeah, like I said, he's the security blanket for uh, Lamar Jackson and has been very productive working together with him. And then I have Gronk, who I think if he decides to play, and obviously I'm taking a little bit of a liberty here with uh, Gronk returning to the red imputer. But Gronk, I'm curious too, if he didn't miss all those games with the rib injuries, what his, his final numbers were. Because even in 12 games, he had 55 receptions for 802 yards and six touchdowns. That was more than Darren Waller. Now, Waller played in one less game, but had uh, 665 uh, receiving yards. And only a little bit less than George Kittle, who played in 14 games, had 910 yards and six touchdowns. So Gronk, in two less games than George Kittle, only about 100 yards less and had the same amount of touchdowns. I think he's still very formidable as a blocker. He's very important to the Bucs offense from that standpoint. And we know what he can do as a receiver. And there's no better chemistry in this league than Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski just from the years that they played together. So Gronk, I have him at six. But once again, he, he's a player that I would not have any issue with moving him into the top five, depending on uh, you know what he does this year. He probably, if he does play, is going to retire after this season. So it might be a moot point. But nonetheless, I think Gronk is still up there. He's one of the, the top tight ends in this league that you could find. Yeah, and I think too, if you are just doing the number of projections here, right? If Gronk maintained his averages and if he would have stayed healthy all year, and I think too, and, and, you know, common sense brings up a legitimate point. At the end of the season, Gronk was not the same guy. I think yeah. because of of the 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 the, uh, the rib injury, I mean that that's something too that, that that's just not going to heal until the off season. It yeah. healed enough for him to be on the field, but every single time he's taken a hit uh, to those ribs, it's it's you know it's it's like a video game, right? It's like when you're you know your character has has so much life force or energy or you know vitality, whatever that the ranking mm-hmm. is, right? And each time the enemy strikes you with the sword or shoots you with the gun, whatever you lose some health points. Right. So I think it's the same thing with Gronkowski. Whenever he took a shot, um, didn't have to be a huge hit. It could be something inline blocking or whatever. Uh, Every time those ribs got bumped, I think that he lost some vitality, some health points, whatever you want to say. So I I think it was tough for him to maintain uh, that throughout the entire year and be dominant. But if you were to project the numbers, if he didn't get hurt, if you would have played it with those numbers, you're looking at 77 catches for 1,136 yards. I mean, that's that's more than Mike Evans had in terms yeah. of the, the the receiving yardage, and and then you're looking at uh, what 12 touchdowns. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it, it it's phenomenal season for for Gronk. Um, even though it was injury marred to a degree. Yes, it was. It's it's interesting because you mentioned that he kind of fell off in the playoffs. You look at the Super Bowl winning season. He didn't really do much either until the Super Bowl game itself when he yeah. when he scored the two touchdowns. So I'm not questioning Gronk's productivity. He obviously right. has done great in, in, in the postseason in his entire career. But it is interesting that, that the playoffs the last two years haven't seen uh, I guess what we've wanted to see from Rob Ronkowski right. in terms of the production, especially with the injuries to the receivers. We talked about that a ton, but one of the guys that would love to have go off for a game would have been Gronk. But I still think, again, as you said, the, the rib injuries, yeah. that that requires time to heal. And there's, you can't And Gronk is taking his time, man. He is oh, yeah. He's, until, he's taking his like, sweet-ass time. Yeah, he's waiting until uh, like, the, the day before training camp, I think, to come back. So. Um, great work on those lists. That was fun to kind of go through again. It's all subjective, right? I mean, and who yeah. knows 
you know, nobody knew Cooper Cup was going to blow up like he did and have a season for the ages. So you never know. And and uh, but it's going to be fun to see how how the Buccaneers offense shakes out and 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 if if Mike Evans can score 15 touchdowns in a season, right? And if Chris Goblin can come back and, yeah. and still lead the the team in receptions and yards, but maybe play a whole 17 games this year, right? Rather than just 14. So uh, great work on that list, Matt. That was a lot of fun. I Folks, Thank I you. think this was the best Peter Report podcast of all time. But you know what? We have a chance to top it tomorrow. That's right. We do it four times a week here on the Peter Report podcast. Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the offseason, all at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure that you are subscribing to our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel and hitting the like button on all of our videos. What does that do? Well, it boosts our algorithm. So we appear next to that little column when you're watching a video on YouTube and has all the little suggested videos. It helps us appear there when Buccaneer fans are on YouTube and, and puts our content out in, in front of more Pewter people. So we love that. So our website... Uh, PeterReport.com is growing. Our Peter Report TV YouTube channel is growing. Thanks to you, Peter people. We love you very much. And we want to we see you back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time for our final Peter Report podcast of the week. For Matt Matera, I am Scott Reynolds, and we are going to say go Bolts, and we're going to say out. Go Bolts. Out. <laughs>